Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Podcast. Christy, welcome back. Thanks. We're just flying through season seven. Flying. It's only episode two of season seven. <laughs> just saying. Is it? No, three. It's three. It's three. We're flying through episode I seven. I need to go back season to school. Season seven. Just like all the kids right now, I yes. need to go back to school. Back to school time. <clears throat> um, it does fly, though. We're in the middle of August. How... How'd that happen? We're in the middle of August already. I'm You're ready. ready. I'm ready to be at the end of August. Yeah. I was ready for the end of August at you the don't beginning. Like August. I don't like August. Yeah. Do people, are there people that I, like there August? probably are. I have never, if you're out there and you like August, reach out because I've never met anyone that lives in the South that actually likes yeah, August. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't love August. You I just like got to get through it. What I like about September. August is it is when we come back from like the chaos of summer and yes. order is reintroduced into the world. We get to sleep a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that's better. Mm -hmm. um, so I do like that, but I don't like the heat. That's one thing yeah. to like about August, that we get to sleep more than mm -hmm. July. Yeah. Great. The football news changes. Yeah. So that's good. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you start actually getting real oh, I'm, articles about I'm aware. football that's coming I'm aware. versus just recruiting news. You right. Know? In my house, um, I'm very aware. Because football practices started back, mm -hmm. um, especially at the University of Georgia, Go Dogs. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Snuck that right in there. Yeah. See how that works? Uh-huh. Um, but what's great about August is right after it, September. Yes, that's why yeah. I'm getting through August. I know. <laughs> it's just to get to so September. So we've got some fun stuff coming in September. We do. We've got a gold party. We do. We well, hey, here's the thing. We're so good at parties because we are. You guys, <laughs> you may not know this, um, but we're really good at parties. We and are. we're having two at the same day, different locations. Yep. One here in Atlanta, one down in Florida. That's right. September the 9th. Yep. Saturday, September 9th. <clears throat> the one in Atlanta is at Roaring Social in Alpharetta. Mm -hmm. One in Florida is down at Water Sound, uh, and it's going to be a casino night. It's going to be tons of fun. So if you get, if you think you're going to be in any one of those areas, uh, you can go online and, and get tickets now yep. um, on the website. Uh, and so come join us. We'll also have a silent auction online that you can be a part of. And so there'll be in information coming out about that. If you follow us on social media, um, you'll be able to see that, or else you'll get an email about it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We also, so we also have a bunch of regional things coming up this, actually this coming weekend, we have our one day in Birmingham. So okay. if you're in the Birmingham yep. area and you are going through childhood cancer and you're interested in learning more about it, check out on our website on that too. It's a busy fall. It is. Yeah. Which is my kind coming. of fall. Yeah. A lot coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. <clears throat> also, if you guys have been listening for a while uh, and you haven't already uh, gone out, we need you to go out and rate and review the podcast. That is super important because it helps others one, learn about, okay, what is the podcast? And two, is it worth me listening to? And so those rate, those ratings and reviews are going to help other people get connected to it. So if you guys have been listening for a while, if you're a first-time listener, just listen. Listen for a few. Get get into the groove. But if you've been listening for a while, make sure you go rate and review on wherever it is that you guys are, are downloading and listening. Okay. Who are we talking to today? Yes, Christy. Um, who are we talking to today? We've got a great um, episode today. We are talking to Satea Slaughter. So she's a mother of three boys. Gary, Quay, and Tyson. So Quay's journey took an unexpected turn uh, when he was diagnosed with stage four renal carcinoma back in September of 2022. And so he's been on that journey now for just about a year. And we're going to spend some time with Satea learning a little bit more about what that journey has been like for her and those boys. So let's jump in and listen. Well, hey, Satea, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We're really excited you said yes to sit down with us and just share some of your story um, listen, for our, our listeners that are out there, they don't know a lot about you. We've spent a little bit of time with you. Um, so for their benefit, could you just maybe share with us a little bit on uh, just the beginning of Quay's journey? How did things start? Um, how did things start with symptoms, diagnosis, all of that kind of stuff that kind of clued you into something's wrong? 
Um, well, Quay initially started working out with his friends via face uh what do you call it? FaceTime, sorry. And they were working out, he's trying to eat right, you know, more healthier fruits and water. And he started losing weight. So I took that as, you know, he's losing weight, he's working out, everything is good. Then he starts complaining of back pain. And over a period of time, I initially thought the back pains was probably he needed a new mattress or a mattress topper or something. And then one day we're out school shopping and we're heading home and he's sitting in the passenger seat and he starts to slunch over. And I was like, is your back hurting that bad? He said, yes, my back is hurting. It's hard for me to sit up right now. I said, okay, we're going to the emergency room right now. And I took him to the emergency room. Uh, They did urine sample. And I think that was pretty much it. They tried to do an ultrasound, but they didn't have anyone or a technician to do ultrasounds or any type of scans available because we have been waiting so long. I guess everybody went home. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but they then said, okay, well, Based on his urine, he may have kidney stones. So he was given an IV fluid to just flush him out, and we were told to just drink plenty of water. So we left the hospital. Well, before we left, they said if anything changes, take him over to Eggleston because they have people available 24 hours to do scans that are needed. So within the two weeks, um, the pain got worse. How old is Quay? How old is Quay at this point, and when was this? Was this last year? This was, um, he was 17 years old, and it was like the end of, this was the end of July. Gotcha, July last year. he was due, yes, July of last year. I think he was due to go back, school was due to come back like August 8th or something. Yep. So we were out school shopping and everything. So within those two weeks, school had started back. And the pain got worse. So then I took him to Eggleston emergency room where he was seen. And that's when they did all the scans, the ultrasounds, blood work. So then they found the tumor that was on his right kidney. And at this particular time, the tumor was the size of a tennis ball. And they had the oncologist to come in and talk to us and tell me that they think it's cancer they found a tumor and they were going to schedule us to come back for a biopsy um before we can come back for the scheduled biopsy he then started vomiting not keeping anything down he could no longer eat so i took him i called the hospital back they told me to bring him in and um they did more scans At this point, he took a CAT scan, and the tumor had grown within these two weeks from the size of a tennis ball to the size of a cantaloupe. Wow. And so they then admitted him into the hospital because it it was so big. Everything was, like, progressing really, really fast. And then we saw a doctor the next morning, and they let me know that they were going to go ahead and go in and take out the kidney as well as the tumor 
He also had, you know, swollen lymph nodes throughout his body. They're going from his esophagus down to his pelvic area. And upon surgery, the surgeon tried to remove some of the lymph nodes, but they were, I think out of all of them, he probably removed about eight. And he stated that they were so hard to come off that if he were, if he continued, he were going to be left with like holes mm-hmm. where the lymph nodes were. Wow. So he didn't want to make, he didn't want to make things worse. Yeah. yeah. So he, he just got what, you know, he took out what he could. We started, well, he, it, everything was tested and then he was diagnosed with renal medullary carcinoma which is a rare and very aggressive kidney cancer in stage four. Can I ask you, like, as a, as, as a set, having a 17 year old, like he's very aware of what's going on. How is he handling all of this emotionally, like waiting for a biopsy, finding all this out when the doctors come in, what's it like having conversations with him about this? Um, it was kind of hard. Because honestly, he doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. All, well, let me say, all three of my kids are, well, not not my youngest, sorry. My older two kids are very quiet. Yeah. And um, so they don't really open up as much. They do more, yes, he did more shutting down. Yeah. Um, so we stayed in a hospital for about two, almost three months. And whenever the doctor comes in the room, he would literally tune them out. And so he, it was like a, I don't know, this kind of tune out where you literally do not hear nothing they're saying. Mm -hmm. And the doctor noticed it themselves. And they said, yeah, he's tuning us out every time we come in the room. Like he would pretend to be asleep or he would actually fall asleep. Um, just anything not to hear yeah. what they would say. So once he was diagnosed with cancer, I had to tell him, even though he was in the room, he fell asleep. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so he fell asleep and I think it was also due to, you know, pain medicine and everything, but he fell asleep. So I had to tell him later once everybody was gone. And, um, he, you know, he, he cries, he's gotten to the point now where he says like, he don't want to go to the doctor or he's tired of going to the doctor. And I get it. I understand it. Sure. Um, you know, in a way to be honest, I'm tired of going to the doctor. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, he wanted to, he says things like, I just want this to get behind us. And I agree. I do too. Yeah. But until we can put it behind us, we have to keep going and keep fighting. And, you know, and I tell him we have to keep fighting. We have to fight. So he's have his good moves and then he have his moments where he's like, uh, all right, I'm done with this. That's a lot. Um, as a mom to have to, to parent through, um, that's a lot on your shoulders. Um, how are your other two boys, um, through this process? How are they handling it last year when you were, when you were going through the initial shock and news of, of cancer? 
they they took it pretty hard. They're in the room when the doctor came in to give us the diagnosis, and we had been waiting for a very long time. They told us the doctor was going to come on Friday. They didn't come on Friday, then we were told he was going to come Saturday, and he came Saturday, but it was like later in the day where everybody's, you know, on pins and needles, like, okay, when is he coming? Um. So... He finally come and they give the diagnosis telling us about the cancer. And um, I think, oh, it was my mom and my godmom that was in the room with us and my kids. And so my godmom asked, what stage was it? And the doctor said that he didn't want to, he didn't want, he didn't want to stage it. But another doctor told us that it is life expectancy of less than a year. Mm. And my, at the time, my youngest son was eight. And he says, if Quay died, I'm going to die. Oh, bless. And oh, everybody automatically looks at him. And we all just broke down. This is like, where did that come from? Because, you know, the doctor didn't use die or. You know, anything pertaining to that. He did say life expectancy, but I guess you don't expect a eight year old to know what that means. Process that, right? Yeah. So that was, that was pretty hard. Yeah. That, that was, that was very hard. It was like, where did that come from? When you look back on all, um, that process and, and even just the treatment over the last, um, you know, nine to 12 months. What do you think this, um, has, um, has taught you guys the most just in, in terms of family and perseverance and, and having to, to manage something like this? I would say time. I would say time, spending more time together, doing more things together, enjoying the, just a little time because, I initially would work before before my son's diagnosis. I would work twelve hour days, sometimes seven days a week, mm-hmm. as much as I can, you know, just to try to make sure I can pay the bills or buy the food or you know just stay on top of things that needed to be done, yeah, and you know just I guess kind of dish out the money if they want to go with their friends or you know just be able to provide yeah and going through this journey now i've i've learned things about my own kid that i i didn't know so like you know what i've missed out on a lot Mm. just from trying to work and i would give it all up in a heartbeat so I think this is the most, um, you know, the older they get, they're spending time with their friends. They have separate friends. So my older two, Quay and my oldest son, they've both gotten very close. Um, my old, my Quay and my youngest son, Tyson, they've grown to be very close. Like we've always, we've always done things together yeah. when I'm off, but you know, like I said, almost every day I I was working. Mm. So now I 
I started back working in this past April. So one day, well, one week I would work only three days, 10 hours. And then I worked four days the following week for 10 hours. But my off days are my off days and they're dedicated to my kids. However, you know, however we can do it. Yeah. Well, you're prioritizing. Yeah, you're prioritizing that time, right? You just you know you know that um, that the time is precious, and unfortunately, this you know this is something that is it's hard to to think through from that perspective. But it it's created the opportunities to to say yes to more things and and to the right things. What you are deciding for you guys are the right things, and um, that's important. Absolutely. Hey, how we've talked about your boys and um, how they've handled things. How have you? handle things emotionally from, you know, getting this diagnosis about a year ago and then having to be the strong one and the parent. And like you said, you're tired of doctors too, but you're the one that has to, you know, tell him all the things yeah. when he doesn't want to listen and get him to all the appointments and manage all the medications. And all of that is almost a full-time job. How are you doing emotionally with all of it? I don't, I don't know. I have, I have my moments. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes I think I'm set on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. For if sure. that makes sense, you know, just it has to be done. I have to get it done. There's no way around that. So I don't know. Just I just do <laughs> just do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've actually handled it yeah i, I think i'm kind of set on autopilot yeah i I, um, I think it's it's auto mom right you're on auto mom because you're a mom you're gonna protect you're gonna care for you're gonna provide i mean you're all the things and and you have to you have to be that um and and fill that role and so you kind of just you got to plug into that um so i i mean that's just that's i get it who do you have supporting you? Like you mentioned, um, your godmom and your mom. Like, what does your support system look like? Um, now that I've gone back to work, my mom is my mom is my support because she helps me with my youngest son going to school and getting from school. She helps with doctor's appointments. If well. In the beginning, Quay was going to the doctor like twice a week or, yeah, it started like twice a week, every week. And then it cut back to once a week, every week. And um, so if the schedule falls on a day that I have to work, my mom would take him. And if it falls, of course, the day that I'm off, then I take him. Um, So my mom's up with a lot of that. My godmom, she's there. If, you know, if I have a moment and I just need to vent or scream or however I can call her, she answers and I'm yelling the phone. <laughs> and, um, and once I'm done, she says, okay, Angel, I love you so much. Call me back or call me later. And, you know, we get off the phone and I might call her back in two weeks or the following week and do it all over again. Um, also she does, she does this thing where 
sometimes she will, if she cooks, she, she lives probably 45 minutes away from me. Mm. So if she cooks, she freezes like soups and pastas or however. And if she get a chance to come by, she brings them and put them in the freezer. And a lot of times it's very convenient once I've, you know, had to work or however. I can just pull it out the morning before I go to work and place it in the crock pot. So by the time I get home, I don't really have to cook. So it takes the, you know, it just takes off a little, just a little load. And um, I found it to be very helpful. And having somebody that you can just call on the phone and yell, that's that's a huge gift. That's a special person right there that you can just be like, I need to yell a minute. And then they just say, love you, Angel. I mean, that's right. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very helpful. Yeah, so that's, that, and that, yeah. that may be a way I stay. That may be one of the ways I stay safe. <laughs> yeah. he is a Everyone gift. needs a godmom like yeah. that. Gift from God, um, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Taya, how's everybody doing today? Today was kind of rough. Last week, we found out the chemo that Quay was getting has not worked. So his cancer has. Um, it has grown and it's gotten worse. So he's been in a lot of pain. And today was pretty challenging because we stayed up late last night with him vomiting. And he woke up in pain this morning, which lasted for a pretty long time. And which took the pain pills to kind of take a while to kick in. And once he got, once the pain went away, he, he was able to sleep for a while. And um, he woke up feeling really good, feeling refreshed. So um, I guess I can say right now, everybody is, everybody is okay. We are, I am on, still kind of on pins and needles. We go for an MRI tomorrow and a CAT scan to get a better picture of um, the lymph nodes. And there's possibly another tumor. So, um, yeah, I think we're all kind of pins and needles, but a little able to relax today now before um other than this morning. This morning was kind of kind of rough. Yeah. Can I ask you how do you have to wait long for those results or will you get them if you're going tomorrow? How long will you have to wait? Um typically it's the same day. Um it just depends on what time. Because like tomorrow we're doing a CAT scan at one o'clock and then an MRI at two o'clock. So hopefully we can have results by five, between five and six. I know how hard waiting is. So I just wanted to know how long you had to wait. Yeah. Well, I think depending on the results, that's what I've learned through this journey. If If the results aren't so bad, they will wait until like the next appointment or I can look at it on the, my chart and go through and try to understand it, which is not all the time. Um, But if the results are what they call worse, they typically will try to call me the same day. But I think it's more of the waiting period. That's my very mind bothering. So tell you, there's, um, there might be another single mom out there listening and, and maybe they've got the, 
the same diagnosis. Um, and they're just now getting this thing started. And you guys have, have been in, in this journey now for a year. Um, and, and, uh, what, what's something you could share with maybe that single mom that's listening, that's, that's getting into this, that's going to help encourage them, uh, or help them to get, to get through this and manage this journey different. I would say that's, it's kind of hard because I'm still, I'm still trying. Yeah. Um, but what I have, what have helped me is journaling. Okay. Writing things down, um, writing your feelings down, because I know not everybody has somebody to talk to. Um, like I said, I can call my godmother and I can vent, but certain things I hold in because I don't, or I don't know how it would come off, or I don't know, you know, I I don't know. I, I just don't want to be judged by what I say or how I feel. Right. So writing things down, putting them in my own words, in my own handwriting helps me. Yeah. Um, loving on my kids. Mm. Loving on my kids, hugging them. Even if I just, you know, cook, play music. There's this one song mm. that we learned. We learned a song in a dance from Lighthouse and when our mood you know everybody mood in the house is kind of like down and everybody just in their corners I would turn this song on and I would just start dancing so then the kids would come out of the room and then everybody you know they join in okay I have to know what song it is I have to know what song it is that is I think it's called church clap. Church clap. Church I clap. knew it. When you were saying that, I'm like, I bet it's the church clap. Yeah. Yes, it's church clap. Oh my god. Right. That cures anything. That like the church fantastic. clap just raises raises the house up a little that bit. That is amazing. That is amazing. Yes, we found it. We found the song on YouTube. Yeah. So that's amazing. That is yes. That is our thing. Um, my drive to work. Um, of course I'm in the car by myself, which I'm, that's the only time I'm ever in the car by myself. <laughs> my rides are working right. back and I, I blast my music. Mm. If I need to get a cry out, I do it then. If I need to get a scream out, that's my time to do it because I don't want my kids to see me breaking. Yeah. Because I feel like if they see me breaking, then they're going to feel like, oh, this is worse. Oh, this is bad. Mama can't hold it no more. So that is my time to clear my mind, clear my, you know, I guess my tears and my feelings and everything. So I would tell them to embrace it, not the journey itself, but, you know, embrace your kids embrace that time because we never know how things may go or how things um you know we i guess i'm trying to say we you know we we don't know the end of the journey and um so just embrace it while you can that time you have with your kids you're not working you're off work you're 
at home, kind of, you know, write it down, write those feelings down, get them out, cry in the shower if you have to. But pull it all back together when you get back with your kids and, you know, you act as if nothing ever happened. That's really good. And I know this is so easy to say than done. I know it is. But it's been kind of working for me. I think it's really good advice, especially the journaling part, Mm -hmm. putting it in your own handwriting, like you said. Do you have something that you wish that people understood about the journey that you're on or your journey in particular? I would say for people not to judge. You know, when kids are going through cancer, and I know people on the outside looking in, they don't know why your child don't have eyebrows or eyelashes or hair, you know, or any of those things. They're just on the outside looking in. And people would judge. And I would say Quay Quay is gay. He's a gay male. And since he's lost his hair, he he wears his wigs. He wears his, you know, his colored shirts or however. And, you know, people will judge. People will make all kind of faces and do all kind of crazy stuff or however. And um, I would just say get to know the person before you judge them because you never know what people are battling. You never know what people are going through. Quay is the most amazing kid. Mm. He's one of these uh, very soft-spoken my older two kids, I don't know why it didn't hit Tyson, but my <laughs> two kids are. <laughs> Those third ones, I'm just telling you, they're just wild cards. <laughs> that is very true. But yeah. my older two kids, they're very soft-spoken. They're very soft-spoken. They're very laid back, but they are very, very, very nice and friendly, great to get along with kids um so you know you know like I say you never know what anybody's facing you never know what they're going through so like I think there's a there's a how do you say it um this is something I heard one time and it's like be kind you never know what we're facing or you never know what we're going through or something like that I can't quote it for sure but um yeah, that's that's what I would tell people. Like, don't judge. Just let let people be who they're going to be. I think that's such amazing advice. You never know. Um, you, you don't know everybody's story. Everybody's got a story, right? right. They got a story about their right. day. They got a story about their week or even their last year, like you guys have been experiencing. And you, you don't know the story yeah. until you ask. Um, and you, you got to be curious and you got to ask. Um so Taya, you are an amazing mom. You are doing so much for your kids. And um, I just know that we hear everything that's going on in your world. And, and we just, we want to be praying for you and support you because you're carrying a lot on your shoulders. So just know that um, you're on our list here of, uh, of folks that we want to be connected to and, and be praying for. Your boys are just so lucky to have you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much.
And I know they're boys, so they may not have told you that recently. Yeah, right. Not speaking from experience. So let me, as a fellow boy mom, tell you they are so, so lucky to have you. And we just appreciate you coming on and, and giving us your story and your family story. I know it's a hard thing to talk about, and it's a hard thing that you're living. So we just appreciate it, and it's going to help somebody else that's listening. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, this was great. Anytime, friend. Christy, I just really enjoyed talking with her. I love hearing about those boys. Um, she's just, yeah. And then um, just the experience that they had on on retreat and how they still yeah, love to dance. The church it's just clap. so much fun. Love so, that. Shout love out that. to the church clap. Yeah, I just love that. So just a really great time with her, and she's just got a great story. Hey, thanks all for listening in. We will see you next week on another episode of the Lighthouse Podcast. <laughs>